Headed up to Saratoga for our Keelan Select In The Money podcast. I'm Tom Leach, along with Jim Goodman, Keelan's Director of Wagering Development. And we will take a look at the late pick four, which includes the grade one, Alabama. So, Jim, we'll start with that one. It's the second leg of the late pick four for tomorrow's card at Saratoga. Uh, Really a nice renewal. Uh, It was a pretty well-matched group. Three-year-old Phillies going a mile and a quarter. And first time I think any of them have done this. So where did you land? That's one thing about this race is that when you start handicapping it, you realize that they've never been a mile and a quarter, and they may not go a mile and a quarter again. I mean, it's not a distance that Phillies normally do, and it's a test kind of at the near end of their three-year-old season, and you got to figure out which ones of these Phillies would like a stretch out for a mile and an eight. Um, and I settled on wet paint. Uh, that's not going to be any big surprise to anybody. This Philly has been right at the top of the class uh, since the very beginning and uh, Rose, Rose, uh, raced so well in Oakland and didn't win the Kentucky Oaks, got beat by Pretty Mischievous and Gambling Girl, which is another Philly here I think has a shot. Um, but I think this race, the CCA Oaks, was extremely impressive to me. I mean, it was one of those that uh, had to fight uh, only, only five horses in there, so you didn't figure she would get the pace to run at. And she ran down Sacred Wish and Gambling Girl, uh, going five wide, and I think she's going to get a little better trip this race. Uh, even though it's only a five-horse race, and I, don't, I can't see her being five wide. She's going to save ground down the inside. Flavia Pratt is so good, and I just think that uh, that she's probably the most likely winner. I'm going to use uh, a couple of others in here. I'm going to use Sacred Wish uh, for Johnny V. That only got beat at neck there, and uh, I, I think she may be one of those fillies who likes the extra distance. Uh, being out of Not This Time and uh, Indian Charlie Mayer. So I think uh, George Weaver is just an outstanding trainer and gets Johnny V to ride this Philly back, and uh, I think she can give wet paint all she wants. And I'm going to use Gambling Girl. Uh, this Philly did not run that well in the CCA Oaks, but had not been out since the Kentucky Oaks, where she only got beat a neck to pretty mischievous after being uh, almost last at the first couple of calls. So she's got a big closing kick. I think she needed the last race, um, and I think at a eight to one price without Red Ortiz, you almost got to use her. I almost used Defining Purpose coming off that Indiana Oaks win, but it's a big task to move from that win up to uh, a Grade One at Saratoga. She won the Ashland, but I think she might be a, a notch below Wet Paint in here, so I'm not going to use her, but she would be my fourth horse. Going to go three deep here. Wet Paint's my favorite, but. Uh, Sacred Wish at 8-1 to one, and Gambling Girl at 8-1 to one, I think are very intriguing. I'm going to try to beat Wet Paint with Gambling Girl. Her 92 in the Kentucky Oaks is the highest buyer figure in the field in a graded stakes race. Pedigree, well, you got Empire Maker in the second generation. You got Mineshaft in the second generation. I'm just going to draw a line through the CCA Oaks. Just think that was a pure prep. That uh, It was a slow pace and she just uh, wasn't fully cranked and and ran okay, but I think she improved significantly off that race for this one. And uh, I think the mile and a quarter will uh, be a perfect fit. So I like Gambling Girl at 8-1. to one. I think her stablemate Julia Shining's got a shot. This is a bold move by Pletcher. This horse running off a layoff in a mile and a quarter race. She, too, has the ideal pedigree. Curlin by Curlin out of an AP Indy mare. And she won at a mile and an eighth in her second start last year as a two-year-old. So that 
told you, number one, she's got a lot of talent, and then that uh, she would love the distance, uh, the longer distances. She was so impressive in the debut win at Keeneland last fall. So I think she's dangerous. Got to use wet paint, and I'm also going to use taxed. I thought she got just an awful ride. You and I were up at Indiana Downs that day in the uh, race there, and uh, she was really good in the black-eyed Susan, and uh, they really wanted to run her in the Oaks. She couldn't get in, so they ran her in the black-eyed Susan, and the, the faith in her training was justified. She ran a huge race that day, and so I think uh, she's got a, a shot to be in the mix here. So I'm going to go four deep in the pick four, but I like Gambling Girl on top. Pick four starts in race eighth with uh, a one-mile race out of that uh, Wilson shoot running right into the turn for Phillies and Mayors three and up. It's an allowance optional claimer. Didn't really have a strong opinion in here. I took movie Moxie from the inside on the fact that she's won three times this year. She's got good speed. 93 last time. Uh, Linda Rice had cooled off a bit, it looked like, but then she had two winners, I think, on the Thursday card, so maybe she's heating back up. So, uh, movie Moxie. Um, nostalgic for Bill Mott, second off a layoff and uh, ran a 94 buyer in that race off the layoff in uh, mid-July. So got to make her uh, on the, got to put her on the ticket. Misty Vale for Maker. I'm just going to toss the last race, and if you do, she fits. Uh, Favor the four horse for Pletcher, second off a layoff there. Uh, Jerry Mandert's Chad Brown was steadily improving numbers, and a horse that uh, has kept some good company. So five deep in there with Movie Moxie on top for me. How'd you see race eight? I like Movie Moxie, but I took nostalgic. Um, main reason is that comeback race off a. Uh, nine-month layoff was extremely impressive. Uh, obviously, was a prep for for this one and something else down the road because the horses, uh, grade one stakes place, uh, going back uh, to last year. Uh, she'd been off, so they obviously had some issues getting her back to the races here, but coming back with a 94 buyer off that long layoff, I think, uh, bodes well for this spot. And they didn't move her up to a stakes race. They brought her back at the same level. So they're bringing her along slowly, uh, Bill Mott's one of the best in business, and J- Junior Alvarado is his go-to rider. So I'm going to take Nostalgic on top. Going to use Movie Moxie coming out that 93 buyer that you mentioned uh, in the last race at Belmont for Linda Rice, who has cooled off quite a bit in the Saratoga meet. She's not nearly as hot as she was uh, at the beginning of the meet. Uh, going to also use Gerrymander for Chad Brown. I think uh, there is a chance that Rosario gets a fairly easy lead. She seems to be the controlling speed in here outside of Movie Moxie. So if Gerrymander goes to lead, she could take him a long way here. So the top three picks are the top three picks in mind. I'm going to stick with those three. I think the winner comes from those three with Nostalgic being a uh, slight favorite in my mind. Race 10, third leg of the pick four, is an allowance optional claimer on the turf at one mile or three-year-olds and up. Where did you land on there on uh, this spot? I thought this was the spot that you might be able to get a price in here. I'm going to go with a horse that might fly under the radar a little bit, uh, and that's Rinaldi, a seven-year-old gelding, dropping in for 62.5. First time dropped in for a tag, like, at least in a long, long time. Has run in New York Stakes, uh, New York Bread Stakes races, very consistently over the last couple of years. Has had a hard time getting back to the races. So you might, you're going to get a price in Rinaldi, but I think there are a lot of things to like here. If you go back into his history, the very best race he ever ran was the Forbidden Apple, a grade three here at Saratoga in 2021 with a 102 buyer. And I think uh, on the inner turf, coming back at the same distance, uh, they've obviously wanted to get this horse back at Saratoga where he is four for six lifetime 
They get uh, Torres on the on the mount with a five pound apprentice weight uh, weight allowance. And James Bond, who's a kind of trainer that fires under the radar, hasn't been very good this year, but he can get them ready. And this horse is uh, very has been very consistent in the past, very good at Saratoga. And if he gets the lead, he can take them a long way. Twelve to one is a really good price. I'm gonna I'm gonna also cover myself with uh, obvious choices here, including Napoleonic War for Chad Brown and Verbal for Chad Brown, just because. Uh, I read Ortiz and Flavio and Pratt riding for Chad Brown. It could be very difficult to win. That's why you're going to get uh, Rinaldi at 12 to 1. Also, they use Brendan Walsh's horse, Whisper Knot. I like this one a lot coming off a uh, the same level race back in uh, in July, July 20th at Saratoga at a mile 16th, shortens up to a mile. Um, like Saratoga, Brendan Walsh is a very good trainer and gets Gaffleone, who's been riding lights out up there. So I'm going to use the three obvious horses. I also use Rinaldi for a price here at 12 to 1. I am on the, the three obvious ones. I took Napoleonic War on top. Source making the second start off the layoff and uh, ran big on July 20th from the 12 post position. So awful post up there. And Pratt stays, and uh, he obviously uh, rides everything well, but particularly on the turf. So I have that one on top over verbal. It's Irad Ortiz. Uh, this was adding blinkers and has run just kind of evenly, so maybe that'll make a big difference. It's a 24% angle for Chad Brown. I really think one of those two wins it. I'm going to go just too deep on my pick four ticket to uh, make the budget uh, that I like to hit, but if I went one more, I'd uh, definitely use Whisper Knot off that uh, win last month over Napoleonic War, but I think with a better post position, I think Napoleonic War uh, we'll turn the tables. So I'm just going to use the two chads in there with Napoleonic War on top. Race 11 is a maiden claimer for New York Breads. Turf sprint at five and a half or three and up. I took Henson on top, moving into the Cox Barn for the first time, uh, dropping out of maiden company. Uh, has good speed. The eight, Kern River. It's Mike Maker off the claim. Uh, the five, Okaloosa. Uh, Eclipse Thoroughbreds, the ownership group. So uh, this horse is a first-time starter that's bred to like the turf, strong ownership group. So I'm just going to go with those three. Don't really have a strong opinion in here, but um, you know this is a race I could easily go considerably deeper, but I'll just stop with those three. How'd you see you're the 11th? Yeah, this is not a great race to wind up a pick four in a big day, uh, a $40,000 maiden claimer on the turf. But uh, I went to the same three horses you got. Looks like Henson in here, you could single the horse, but you kind of question about uh, they wanted to get it on the turf last time, and it was taken off the turf in a maiden special weight. Um, he almost won the race, only got beat by a length. Brad Cox's horse, uh, well, of course, it wasn't trained by Brad then. It was by a, a kind of an unknown trainer. But they take the horse back to the turf, they give it to Brad Cox, and they drop it for four, to 40000 I don't understand if they really like the horse and they give it to Cox, why not put it in a maiden special way? Why put it up for sale? But saying all that, it looks so much better than anything else in here. So Henson's a big favorite in here, but I'm going to use Kern River uh, for Maker coming off um, a couple of mediocre races and dropping in for 40 but Mike Maker, first time in his barn, always does well, 22%. And Okaloosa is a first-time starter. I love first-time starters in $40,000 claimers. So the others have already lost. If these horses have been out seven, 12 times, beat me, I just get beat. So those three horses are my three as well in the pick four. So pick four ticket, what's it look like? 
I've got a strange one for me. I usually try to find a single. I, I couldn't find a single here. So I'm going to have one of your spread tickets, um, 54 bucks with 137 with 2710 with 25910. I hope to get a price in that race. And then 5810. For a total of $54. I'm in the same ballpark at 60 bucks. I have one, three, four, seven, eight to start, then two, three, seven, nine, then two, nine, and then five, eight, ten for a $60 ticket. Uh, it's a card or card where I like you, I just could not make a case for any, any singles in there. So that being the case, I didn't want to, uh, build the ticket up too much because I don't think it's uh, likely to be any kind of a huge payday. So $60 is what I'm going with. Best of luck on the Saturday card at Saratoga or wherever you might be playing. Just make sure you have funds in your Keeneland Select account. Travers Day next Saturday, so that's where we'll focus our attention for the In the Money podcast for KeenelandSelect.com.